How about let's be real this morning, all right? Is that all right? Can we be real? Or do y'all want to go through the, you know, y'all want to put the mask back on, the facades, you know, and act, act like we're something that we're not. Come on, let, can we be real today? Let's be real. All right, we have one family with us today that is perfect. They have never had a problem. They've never had a fight in their, their marriage. You know, their, their kids have never gotten in trouble in school. They've never been late on any payments, mortgage, utilities, anything like that. They, they've, they've never been sick. They've, they've never had any problems. And uh, I, I would like to ask them to stand with us. Uh, you know who you are, please stand. When did I lose you? <laughs> when did you know that I was joking? How far did I have to go into that? When I said perfect? <laughs> when I said perfect, you pretty much knew. Okay, wait a minute. <laughs> there is no one. Let's be real today. Nobody's perfect. No families are perfect. No marriages are perfect. You know, no graduates are perfect. You know, nobody is perfect. So let's be real. We have needs. This past Thursday, Dave and I, we had a need, and God showed up in an amazing way. It's not a private matter. You want to ask me, ask me after church. I'll tell you what it is. I'll tell you how it works. It was awesome. You know, just a great miracle that God gave to us. It's just not pertinent for this message right here. But other than to tell you that we needed something. You know what? I still stand here in need. You have needs. You had not got it all figured out yet. Everything's not settled. Everything's not done. Everything's not perfect. You have, let's be real, okay? Let's remember, here, this is the last message in uh, this To Be Continued series. Everything connects. Everything it's like, sometimes, you know, it's like Jamie will ask me if I've got a particular, you know, got a direction, something that she might need to sing at the end of the service. And uh, last week, I think it was, it was a, just an awesome, perfect song for the end of the service. And, and we did it. And, you know, it was last week and we, we went back, we went to that song because it was talking about the waves. You remember there? And it's just perfect. And there, there's some times, most of the time though, it really doesn't matter because it all connects. Everything connects. And just like your life, Monday through Saturday, is supposed to connect with what's going on in your heart, your spirit, your soul on, on Sunday morning for this hour and 15 minutes, it's not just your life that connects that way. Everybody's life connects that way. And really, like, your Tuesday connects with my Monday, and, you know, our Wednesday connects with everybody else's Thursday, it, because the whole thing connects. There, you know, it's been said, no man is an island. Everything connects. Everything's important. It's just, it's just like in the Bible. I mean, we, we get the cross, right? You understand the cross. We know the cross. Jesus died for our sin. He shed his blood for our sin. There had to be a blood payment for our sin because we sinned, we disobeyed God. And so Jesus had to die. That's where our story begins. 2,000 years before anybody in this world even knew you would exist, Jesus Christ died on the cross. That's where your story begins. It's the first time, did you, did you realize you were mentioned in the Bible? 2,000 years ago. Because when John 3.16 says, whosoever believes in him will have eternal life, you know, he was talking about you. You're a whosoever. That's where our story begins is with forgiveness. But then we understand three days later, right? The stone was rolled away. That song we just sang, the stone was Jesus Christ, who is God. He got up. He came back to life. We understand. And just like the cross is where our forgiveness begins, the tomb, that empty tomb is where our hope begins. You're hoping, and it's so easy to lose hope in this world today. 
And uh, when we were praying before service with the prayer team and the worship team, uh, some were giving prayer requests. I said, I got a list. And they said, well, give us, I, I, we don't have time for my list. So many of you dealing with issues all week long and, and, and struggles and battles all week long. And it's so easy to lose hope. But don't forget the hope that was born when the, when the stone was rolled away and, and Jesus, who, who is our life, he came back to life. And because of that, you and I have life. We get the cross. We get the tomb. We get the empty tomb. But what about the Holy Spirit? What about the Holy Spirit? I think sometimes we don't get that, but it all connects. It all connects. And when we pray, we pray all of those things. We pray to a resurrected Savior that because of his blood, forgive us of our sins. Because of his blood, we have healing. That's what the word of God teaches us about the stripes that he took on his back. That was for our healing. All of this all ties together. And it's where our forgiveness started on the cross. Our hope starts at the empty tomb. The power of God working in your life starts at Pentecost with the Holy Spirit. That's where it begins. That's where it starts. So let me show you how it began in the New Testament, how it began with them to just show, show you, and, and, and a little bit today, share you some things to you, and the power of God wants to change, not an hour and 15 minutes on a Sunday morning, but wants to change 24 hours a day, seven days a week of your life. So what's the, what, what, what's the, the, the way that the whole thing began? Okay, the way the whole thing begins is in the book of Acts, chapter 1, uh, verse 12 through 16. We're going to skip just a few things there because I've got several scriptures to read today. It begins the same place that you're in my walk with God as far as getting to the power and getting to the amazing. You know, and I ask you sometimes, how many of you need amazing in your life? Well, some of you that need amazing, you need to say, this is my service. This is my day. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to receive something amazing from God. It, it begins the same way. You remember, we've been talking about listen, trust, obey. This is something that God has been bringing back and back to us this year. And they were doing, having to do the same thing in Acts chapter 1, beginning of verse 12. They returned. This is the disciples. They returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey, which means it's about a half mile, maybe six-tenths of a mile. So really, it means... It was just outside of town. And when they had entered the city of Jerusalem, when they got, you know, when they came back into town, they went to the upper room where they were staying. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication. And in those days, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples. Altogether, though, the number of names with them was about 120. So even though there were only 11 disciples there, there was about 120 people. And then Simon Peter said, men and brethren, this scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke. And Stop right there, because here's what I want you to see. I want you to see they were listening, they were trusting, and they were obeying. Jesus said, go to Jerusalem and wait there, wait there until you, be in, you receive this power from on high. And they went. And they went to the upper room, and they stayed in the upper room. And they were praying. So, do you see where they were praying? They were seeking God. They, they, they were praying, and they were praying in one mind, in one accord. And then it says, Peter, Peter begins to explain to them, uh, begins to share with them some scripture because they, they had a need. We won't go into that need right then, okay? But, but they had a need of really to fulfill one of, the, one of the spots, the spot left by Judas. 
And, and so they needed to do this. And so how are we going to do this? Well, they've been seeking the scripture. And Simon Peter says, let me tell you about, let me tell you about that scripture. Remember the scripture. And he's, so he's going to tell them about this. Here, here's what I want you to see. Is Jesus told them to go back and they went back. And so what they're doing there in the upper room is they're seeking after the will and the understanding of God. They want the wisdom of God, the understanding of God. God, what's your will? What is it that you want us to do? How can we make this happen? What, what is it we're supposed to be doing? Jesus said, come here. We're here, God. And we're, we're seeking after you. We're praying all together. And, and we're seeking the will of God. And some people just read just to read. Okay, we got some graduates, right? You guys just got out of school, right? And uh, some of you are thinking, maybe thinking, I don't know if you were like me, hope none of you were, but you're thinking, I have read the last book I am ever gonna read in my life. You know, that's, that's really the way I kind of felt, you know, when I was reading out of school. As you know, I have taken the last test I ever wanna take. You know, I was, I was like just done. Of course, you know, things change soon after that. You know, it's kind of like when we think, you know, things are going to be much easier from this point on. Well, things kind of change, don't they? Yeah. But how many of you, you remember, some of you are going to have to think way back in, in time to remember this when you were in school. How many of you remember, though, you know, like a teacher would give an assignment and, and, and like a reading assignment. And, and there were some that would just totally ignore it. You know, if they knew that the teacher was not going to ask, you know, the next class, had you read the assignment, and there was not going to be a, really a test on that reading assignment, they wouldn't read it. You know, any of those here, you know, that if you knew you could get by with it, you wouldn't read it. Okay, got one honest one by, two honest ones, yeah. If I know I can get by with this, I'm not, I'm just going to ignore it. I'm not even going to read it if I know. But then there are some that says, well, you know, she might ask, and you know, it might be on a test, so I'll read it just kind of to check it off that I got it done. So if she asked tomorrow, I can say I got it done. Just barely fulfilling the minimum. You know, that's a little more where I was in high school. You know, let's just get enough for the, you know, get it done, let's get out of here, whatever, you know, we got life to live somewhere, you know, that kind of a thing. And then there were those nerds, you know? You know those nerds that they are gonna read every single, and they don't just read it, they've got to understand it. You know, and so, so for those of us who just barely read it, just we can't even remember what we read yes, you know, last night when we read it, or those who just totally ignored it. You know, we get back to class and the, and the teacher, the teacher kind of mentions something about it and one of those nerds throws up their hand, right? And says, I, I've got a question about one passage in there. And, 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 so they've, and so now we all start kind of hiding and cringing and say, oh no, you know, because we don't really understand it. We just, you know, I just read enough just to get by and they totally ignored it, you know. So we're all like, please, shut up you know we want the nerd just shut up leave it alone before they you know she starts asking questions around the whole class right you know those nerds you know all, all it's the nerds that always get you in trouble it's the nerds that always you know just cause you one more test one more piece of homework one you know it's those nerds those nerds those nerds but who got the grades those nerds <laughs> they got the grades and who was ready for the next chapter? Who was ready for the next test? Who was ready for the next step? You know, it's easy to skip things when things don't connect. I mean, you know, you know but when, when you're taking algebra, it, you know, it's going to be hard for you to sleep through algebra and then go on to algebra two and sleep through algebra two and then start trying to figure out how in the world you're going to do, you know, you're going to do trig. And calculus, if you've slept through those things, it's easy to skip things that don't connect. But when things connect, you better be paying attention. Okay, so I've already told you, all of this connects. Let me ask the question again. Who's ready for the next step? Who's ready for the next thing to happen? Those who have understood 
and have made the connection. Just like the nerds, and maybe we could call the, uh, those, uh, and, and I'm a, I guess I'm a spiritual nerd. I wasn't really a nerd in school. I wanted to be cool, you know, so I didn't, sometimes, I didn't want to read too much. People think I was, you know, I was a nerd and stuff. I wanted to try to be cool. I wasn't real cool, you know, so I had to work really hard at just that little bit. But spiritually speaking, I'm a nerd. I want to understand. And when I don't understand, I want to ask God. Because what I've come to learn is that everything connects. Everything about who he is and about this world because he created this world and about me and my life because he created me and everything that, that, that hits me and comes against me, it all connects. And so I want to know about all of it. And so I, and so I dig and do go after. And, and, and these, that's what they were doing is they were, they were digging the word. They weren't just reading because Jesus said, okay, read a chapter a day. That's not what they were doing. They wanted to understand. And because of that, guess what happened? Amazing things began to happen. And you know what the first result was? Okay, we think about the result, and a lot of people are already thinking about, you know, don't get, to, don't get to the middle or the end of chapter two yet with me, okay? Let's begin at the beginning of chapter two with the very first result. Chapter two, verse one. Here's the very first result of what happened because they were digging after God. They were listening to him. They were trusting him. They were obeying him. They were praying. They were seeking to know his will. And verse one says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. The first thing that happened to the church is that they came together in unity. You see, here's what happens when, when we're obedient to God and when we begin to study, we begin to pray, we really start seeking out to God, we begin to develop spiritual maturity. And when you develop spiritual maturity, it will bring you into agreement, accord. It will bring you into agreement with other Christians. And that Greek word there for one accord means one passion. It means that there is no one that is, that is perfect in this room. There is no one that understands everything perfectly. There's no one that does everything perfectly. Nobody is going to stand before God one day and, and hear him say, you had it all figured out. You're the only one that knew everything exactly right. Nobody is ever going to hear that and stand before God and hear those words. Nobody's going to hear that. And because no one is perfect. No one is going to, to be able to claim perfection. But still, as, as we go after God and chase after him, he brings us into unity. You and I, we may not agree on which was the best song that was sung this morning. You might, we might not agree on which, was, which is the favorite song. But what we can agree on is we have one passion, and our passion is a lot deeper than which song it was the best today. Our passion is about Jesus Christ. Our passion is about seeing people have the most awesome lives that, that they could ever have because that was, is God's dream for their life. And, and the more you and I go after that, what happens is we come closer and closer together, and, 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 and this, this uh, spiritual maturity draws us into unity with one another. Now, let me give you a red flag here. Here's the danger, and some of you need to heed this. When, when we begin to get into agreement more, or accord, more with unbelievers than with believers, that's a problem. That's a red flag. Here's two ways that this happens. One way it happens is when we begin to get comfortable with the culture. And when we get, begin to get comfortable with the culture, because the culture is invading our lives, every, everything we watch, everything we read, everything we see, everything we hear, all of the things, and it invades us. And if we're not careful, we'll become more, we'll become more in accord with the culture. And when we do that, we begin, to, we begin to agree more with people outside the body of Christ than people inside the body of Christ. 
And that's a danger. If that's beginning to happen to you, you need to step back and say, wait, what am I feeding myself that is making me agree more with those outside of the body of Christ than those inside the body? But here's the other way this happens. And and, and this is another red flag for you. It's when you begin to sense that space is growing between you and other believers. That when, that when distance begins, I can tell you the next person that's going to leave this church, the person who is beginning to already allow space to grow between them and other people. You know, the people that, people that, people that, that stay connected to one another, people that have like passions, people that are chasing up and get spiritual maturity and, and draw, because, because here's, what, here's what spiritual immaturity will do to you. It, 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 will t- it will point out to you all of the faults of everybody else in the room and at the same time tell you that you're not so bad. And so it'll be easy for you to back away just a little bit about how everybody else wants something, but you need this, and, and, and you'll back away. When you begin to sense that there is space between you and other Christians, that's a red flag. You need to pay attention. You need, you need, to, you need to realize that something dangerous is beginning to happen in your life. Se- secondly, uh, those who are spiritually mature don't do drama, Okay. Everybody has some drama hit their life every once in a while. But people who are spiritually mature just don't do drama. I mean, sometimes I have to deal with drama in my life, but I ain't going to do drama. You, you, do y'all know what I'm talking about? Y'all need me to get in your business a little bit here and explain what I'm talking about? You, you know what drama is, don't you? You know, whining, whining's a little, you know, that's doing drama. When you, whine, when you blow things out of proportion, when you make, but you know, there are some people, they always got drama going on in their life. That's not, that's not spiritually mature. When you see drama, and I don't mean when drama happens, you know, when there's a tragedy or something bad really happens. I'm talking about you see something, you know, somebody's got drama, just got, that, that's, a, that's a spiritually immature person. You think about it this way, because you see the same thing in the physical. There aren't a lot of 60-year-olds around that do drama, right? They just get a little too old to mess with all that foolishness. Come on, just think about it. Your grandma doesn't do drama. She's tired of of all that foolishness. She doesn't do it. And and the same thing is true spiritually. Spiritually mature people don't do drama. I ain't got time to mess with that foolishness. They don't do drama. Grow up. I mean, it's exactly what you need to do. If If you've always got drama in your life, grow up. You know, you graduates, listen, grow up, realize, yeah, there's always going to be an excuse. There's always going to be somebody else, but just grow up and re- don't do the drama in your life. And thirdly, let, let me take you to this next one. I got to really hurry. The spiritually mature don't bring division. They bring healing and wholeness. People that bring division in your life, they're they are spiritually immature and you need, you need to do everything you can to distance yourself. You need to be connecting with people who bring healing and wholeness to your life. They will bring healing and wholeness to marriages. They will bring healing and wholeness to families. They will bring healing and wholeness to relationships. They will bring healing and wholeness. When they walk into a room, they bring healing into a room. They bring whole, wholeness into a room. And, and you know, I, I'm gonna have to skip probably about four, four slides here, Kelly. So I, I, I'll just have to cue you there. But I'm, I'm gonna say this real quickly. That God says, when you don't have love, you can speak in tongues, you can, you can share prophecies, you can speak with the tongues of angels in heaven. But if you don't have love, this love that connects us in unity that comes from a spiritual maturity, the word of God says you are nothing. 
I can, I can preach and, and, and every one of you today could, could just say, man, that, because it's the word of God and you could just be amazed by the word of God, not, not, not my words, but the word that is coming, coming out because God gave it to me or what, we've, what we're reading here, you, know, you could just be amazed by that. But, but if I don't have love, I'm nothing. You, awesome things could be happening in your life and as pastor even as of, of you and these awesome things are happening in your life. And the pastor, if the pastor doesn't have love and, and the pastor isn't, isn't connected, if the pastor isn't humble, if the pastor isn't, then I'm, I'm nothing. And my religion is useless, even though everybody else is in the room can be. You understand what he's saying is it doesn't matter how big or, or, or awesome it looks like sometimes. If there isn't love, there's this humility and this connection. It's nothing. In Psalm chapter 133, it didn't skip any there, but we're going to try Psalm 133, the first two verses, the psalmist David, he likens unity to the anointing. He says it's like the anointing that flowed down when Aaron was anointed priest. Now get this, because the Holy Spirit is the anointing. And in the Old Testament, he says that when Aaron was anointed priest, then the anointing flowed down on his head into his beard. Think about that. Think about the head, what that symbolizes. Think about the beard, what that symbolizes. Think about how it symbolizes understanding, intellect, and the beard, that gray beard of Aaron symbolizes experience that it has. And think about what this means, is that unity is like anointed experience, anointed intellect. Unity is like when, when all these things get anointed and it flowed down onto his garment, onto the very edges of his garment, maybe onto his sleeves and his collar and to his hem on the very edge, as if to say every single bit of it. That, that the anointing and, and, and that unity and the anointing are like one another in that they, they encompass everything. They get to, it's all connected. It's all connected. Unity and anointing is connected and anointing is, we're, talk, we're about to talk about power here. Unity and anointing are connected. Here's the point, is that the gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit are connected. You cannot have the power of God if you also don't have the fruit of the Spirit. You cannot operate in His power if you don't also have the attributes of God. He, re- he requires us to have, his, to have his power. He also requires us to have his attributes, meaning that if we're going to walk in his power, we've got to walk in his love. If we're going to walk in his power, we've got to walk in his joy. If we're going to walk in his power, we've got to walk in his peace. If we're going to walk in his power, we've got to walk in his patience. If we're going to walk in his power, we gotta walk, we've got to walk with this long-suffering forbearance of the fruit of the Spirit, we have to have his attributes. And a lot of times we want to skip. And this morning, this sermon is, I've been trying to preach to you about the Holy Spirit for three weeks. And this is the last message in this sermon series. Next week's Father's Day. We're going somewhere different. I've been trying to preach to you about the Holy Spirit, but every time, you know, God just backs me up, says, because you've got to talk about this. I'll give them the power when they get this. Did you hear this? God says, I'll give you the power when you get this. Get this. Get this. Let, let me, I, got a, I got a long speech right here. Let, let me throw this one at you. Uh, skip over. What's my next slide here, uh, Kelly? Yeah, this is it. This is it. Unity is not a byproduct of obedience. 
It is an integral step in the development of spiritual maturity and preparation for the power of the Holy Spirit to operate in your life. Here's, here's what this is saying right here. Where there is no unity, and you can quote me here if you want to, okay? You might want to write it down if you want to quote me because that's, that's a mouthful. But unity, where there is no unity, there has been no obedience. Because where there is obedience, there will be unity. Where there is no unity, there's no spiritual maturity. Because when you grow up in God, you are going to be unified with your body, with other brothers and sisters. You're going to have one passion. You're not going to be out doing your own little thing and having all that little drama stuff going on. You're going to be united in passion. Where there is no unity, there can be no power. I don't have time to fully develop this for you, but, let me t- but just think about what Jesus tells us. Is he says that we cannot love him if we don't love one another. So we cannot operate in, in the power if we don't also operate in the love. It all connects together. And, and, and for us to get to the power, we have to embrace the unity. I so appreciate God allowing me to preach this word to you today because I have never, ever pastored a church with more unity in it than I am pastoring this morning. Church 2911. But the reason is because pastor's not preaching messages like this to fix stuff. He's preaching messages like this. Just remind us, let's don't lose it. Let's hang on because this is the beginning of the power of God. That the first step to true results was unity. But what happens next? You ready for what happens next? Are you... Not to raise your hand, but just answer in your spirit today. Who is ready to listen, trust, and obey? And to allow God to bring you in to unity and connection with other Christians more than you have ever been so that he can allow the power of his Holy Spirit to operate in your lives, not here, but out there in every place that you go. Because this is like the shoreline. It's the waves out there that you face all week long where you need the power of God. Who's ready? Who's ready? Then let's get to it. When the Holy Spirit, as the Word of God says, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, what's, what's going to happen? Acts chapter 1. You know what? Every one of us has our, our own favorites in the service, right? Most of us do. We have, you know, some of us like the music most, right? Some of us like the fellowship most. Some like a manifestation of the Spirit more than anything else to happen in a service. But you know what? Acts chapter 1 verse 8 does not say, but you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will brew better coffee than you have ever brewed at Church 2911. And your love will be so full with the Holy Spirit that you will enjoy, you will relish, you will appreciate the aroma anymore. Now, you know what? When you really just begin to get, the, you know, the Holy Spirit really just begins to operate, the, you know, what? that may be true because, man, just everything is just right, you know. It may be true, but that's not what the Holy Spirit's for. Now, I used a comical example right there, first off, because I wanted you to know that's not what the Holy Spirit's for. It doesn't say that when the Holy Spirit comes on you, you'll have better fellowship than you ever had. You know what? You probably will, but that's not what the Holy Spirit's for. It doesn't say that when, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you're going to speak in tongues. That's not what it says. That might happen, but that is not what it says. Here's what it says, Acts chapter 1, verse 8. 
but you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Here's what the Holy Spirit is for. The Holy Spirit is for the enabling of spreading the gospel, the good news to everybody with the power to change and impact lives. Not to speak a word on a Sunday morning, but to change lives Monday through Saturday as well. That's what the, yes, let's give God a hand of praise. I'm sorry, I'm still preaching it to you, but this, that's what the Holy Spirit is for. It's not to, not to do something for a little while on Sunday morning, but to change your life every week. That's the testimonies that we're hearing at 2911. Not that people are praying a prayer for a few minutes at the end of the service, but that lives are being changed out there. Lives are being changed. Oh my goodness, I, I'm skipping stuff, but what's my next slide, Kelly? Help me, help me try to get this finished. The upper room. I, I said this real quick. I got another long speech here, you know, that again, you can quote me, but you, you, you can get this on the Sunday's page as well. The upper room, remember what the upper room was. The upper room was the place where they were seeking God. A lot of people think the upper room is the place to go manifest gifts and those kind. Of, that's not what the upper room was. The upper room was the launching pad. That's the place that they began to study. The long, upper room, though, was the launching pad. But the church exploded onto the streets of Jerusalem and into the public places of the world. The church was never called to exist in private. Yes, we return to private places to, to pray, for prayer and study. We go to our private places. We do retreat to those places. But the church exists to be in every part of the world. We are the church. We are the church where you work. We are the church together. You are not there by yourself. The church, you're part of the church. We are there together where you work, where you go to school and where you're dealing with your, your issues. You are the church. We are the church. That's where we are called to be. We are called to be there. In the middle of the week when you've got problems, in the middle of the week when your, your marriage is falling apart, in the middle of the week when your, your kids are unruly, that's, that's where the church is supposed to be, the church. Not here for an hour and 15 minutes. Jesus didn't die for an hour and 15 minutes a week. The Holy Spirit didn't come for an hour and 15 minutes a week. The power of God has come to you so that you can have life and life more abundantly, not for an hour and 15 minutes a week, but all week long, God, God wants us to live in power and victory and joy and love and peace and harmony and hope and all those things every single moment that we're alive. And it happened with them. And if it happened with them, it's supposed to happen with us. It, it happened with them. Oh, jump to my next slide. Am I going to 1 Corinthians here? Just trying to make sure I'm not skipping. Okay, gonna try to do this quick. Boy, I'd like to preach here for about four weeks. And maybe God will let me one day when it's his time. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 8. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. When I think of this, I think about Stephen. Word of God tells us that Stephen was being opposed and that Stephen started speaking and that the, that the wisdom that the Spirit of God gave him to speak was such that nobody could argue with him. Wow, I know we're looking around and we're seeing, well, you know, we just, you know, people just don't want to listen to us anymore. You know what the Holy Spirit wants to do? The Holy Spirit wants to give you a wisdom to speak words that nobody can argue with you about. To another is given the, uh, a word of knowledge. I think about this and I think about how Ananias and Sapphira we walked into church one day and they lied. Now, there's a lot of people slide in church before, but they lied to the Holy Spirit. That's stupid. You can't lie to the Holy Spirit. You know, that's like me watching you eat the last chocolate chip cookie and then you looking up and say, I didn't eat the last chocolate chip cookie. I know you did. I saw you. 
You can't lie to the Holy Spirit. But they, they tried to lie to the Holy Spirit. And God spoke to Simon Peter right then and said, mm, they're lying. And Simon Peter, led by God, called them on it. You may know the story, you may not. I've got it for you on Sunday's page if you want to read it. Uh, to another's given faith. Oh, see, man, there's such good stuff here to preach. Simon Peter, I mean, I mean, the apostle Paul, he was told by God that you have to stand before Caesar in Rome. So he said, you're going to stand before Caesar in Rome. So you know what, you know what man, the apostle Paul, he could have done anything. He could have been jumping off buildings because God says, you're going to stand before Caesar. You know, he could, he could have tried the most dangerous thing in the world because God said, you're going to stand before Caesar. And so, so when, when Paul finds himself shipwrecked, and that's, that's another story, when he finds himself shipwrecked and, and he's helping gather some sticks and, and throwing into the fire, when he's throwing some sticks into the fire, a, a viper, meaning a poisonous snake, latches onto his hand. Now, I know what half of you would do because I see your Facebook posts, right? But you know what Paul did? Paul just looked at that snake, poisonous snake, viper, and everybody watched him, saw him. They knew, they, oh, this man's about to die. Paul looked at it and he said, well, you know, you can't hurt me because God said, I ain't done here. I got to go somewhere else. And because of the faith that he had in God, he just shook it off into the fire. Oh, my goodness. Somebody this week... This week, you need that kind of faith to say, no, God's already spoken to me some things and it's gonna, and no matter what happens to me the rest of this week, it, just get off me because you can't hurt me because God's already made, oh, somebody get a hold of that right now. God's already made me a promise and you, can, you cannot stop. Just get off of me because you can't stop what God has already promised to do in me. To another, he's given gifts of healing like the lame man at the gate called beautiful. You remember Peter and John, they said, we don't have any silver and gold, but what we have, we'll give to you. Took him by the hand, never walked a day in his life. They took him by the hand, said, in the name of Jesus, rise up, walk. He stood up and he began walking. Caused a, a tur turmoil throughout the whole city. They, they arrested Peter and John. They, they came in and questioned Peter and John. Uh, to another, the working of miracles. I could tell you about Eutychus that, that, uh, that Paul raised from the dead, or, or, or Tabitha that Simon Peter raised from the dead. Uh, to the work, uh, to another miracles. Oh, to another prophecy. You remember Simon Peter? Okay, Simon Peter, he, the night before Jesus is crucified, he's cursing. He's cursing and swearing, I don't know this Jesus. I don't know who he is. Seven weeks later, he emerges out of, out of the upper room. He steps out on the streets of Jerusalem and he preaches the message. That's the, pretty much the rest of chapter two in the book of Acts. And he preaches a message and 3,000 people get saved that day. Wait a minute. What has happened from seven weeks ago when he is cursing that he doesn't even know Jesus to today that he is speaking and pro prophesying and speaking words of God that are bringing 3,000 people to know Jesus Christ? You know what happened? The power of the Holy Spirit operating through him in the gift of prophecy to give him the right words to say to another discerning of spirits. Uh, my favorite story right here is, is, is where Paul and Silas are in Philippi and they're going around, they're ministering and they've got this, they've got this little girl who's following after them. And this little girl, uh, and I say little girl, she's probably a teenager when I, uh, I say little girl, but she's following after them and she's like, what you and I would say today, she's a fortune teller, okay? And so everybody knows in town, everybody knows she's the fortune teller. She's following after Paul and Silas. She said, these are servants of the most high God, you need to listen to them. Now that sounds like, well, uh, you know, she's saying some good stuff right there. Here's the problem is she was connecting her fortune telling 
to them. She was, she was making other people kind of wonder, well, wait a minute, who are they if this girl is agreeing with him? And you know what? The Spirit of God just came upon Paul. When, when she, she kept saying it over and over, finally the Spirit of God came upon Paul. He turned around because of the discernment of spirits that God had given him. He turned around and he said, you've got a demon in you. In the name of Jesus, demon come out of her. And there was a devil inside of her that came out right that moment. How did he know that? So, I mean, that's, that's some weird stuff, isn't it? I mean, you know, that's some weird how did he know when, you know, because a lot of people were thinking, now, wait a minute, where's this connect right here? Is this a good, is this a good spirit? Is this a good religion or a bad religion? How did he know? How do I know? Because look around, how do I know? You know how you're going to know? When the power of God begins to operate in your life in this way, you, God's going to begin telling you things you didn't know. He, he's going to begin sharing with you. It's, and listen, every, every one of us in here needs something through the power of the spirit, tongues and interpretation up there as well. And, and listen, on the Sunday's page, or examples for every one of these. I've shared some with you, but there are examples and many examples. Scroll down through the whole page so you get all of it. So, but what you need to do is you need to say, yes, that's what I need. And you, you need to say, yes, every one of you, what is it you need this week? What is it you've been praying for? Is it just the faith to, to, to know that what he said is true and say, I'm not gonna pay attention, just shake that off and go on? Or is it some wisdom to know how to deal with the situation at work? Is it, is it maybe even healing that you need a healing? Maybe not just a physical healing. Some of you need a healing in your marriage. You know what, he heals marriages too. He, he, he's the one that instituted, he created marriage, he does it. And every one of us needs to say, I need that, I need that. And you need to pick and choose, say, I need this from you this week, God. I need, can you choose? Stand with me if you will. Would you come this way? If you're a first time attender, let me just explain real quick that we like to close around front with a final song, final prayer. I've got one last scripture to read to you. And if you're comfortable, we'd love to have you join us in the front. Thank you. Yeah, press on in just a little bit. Good crowd today. Thank you for being here. Let me, wow. I really want, I, I really want to, I really want to develop this last thought real quick, but I really want to preach in a hurry to you also, you know, because I don't, I don't, I don't want to just take up your time today. Let me just take you to this, this last scripture right here. This is Acts chapter 2, verse 38 and 39. There, there's, a, there's a lot of people. Some people have these ideas that, you know, you got to do certain things. You got to jump through these hoops. You got to do all that. Man, let me tell you, I've heard some crazy, weird stuff about the power of God. I'm just simple. I, I, and I really like being simple. And let me show you this. It's just simple. To have the power of God working in your life is simple. It's right here. Peter says, repent, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ with the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's it. That's it. You know when you go to, go to grandma's house at Christmas, and you get there, you know, and after dinner or whatever, you know, whenever it's time, they start handing out the presents, and somebody lays a present in your lap, it's got your name written on it. There's not a price tag beside it where she asks you for reimbursement, is there? If there is, let me know. I need to talk to your grandma. That ain't the way Christmas works. There's, there's no reimbursement requested or required. It's a gift. It's got your name on it. The only thing you have to do is two things. 
you have to put, you have to open it, you have to accept it, and then you have to possess it. You see, because you accept it, you open it up, you know, and you ooh and all over it and everything, but then you need to possess it. Because some of us, we don't possess our gifts, even our Christmas gifts. We throw them in the trunk of a car, we put them in a closet. I don't know, some of them are ugly, or your grandma gave, your, gave you some pack of underwear, you know, or whatever, and it's not the kind that you use, so, you know, you just stick it in the closet somewhere or whatever, or you hope she doesn't see you, take it back to the store, or whatever, you know. That's not possessing it. That's what we do sometimes. You have been given this gift. And you know the cool thing about that gift at Christmas? Is it was under the tree before you even knew it. Before you got there that day, that gift was already there with your name on it. You might not have ever known that there was this kind of power waiting on you today. It's been there all along. Ever since the Holy Spirit came, when Jesus said, wait in Jerusalem, I'm about to send you a promise of power to help you and help you to help you as you spread the gospel. Understand this, so, so, so if we're spreading the gospel, we have this promise of power. All you gotta do is repent, be baptized, and the promise is yours. Why is this big baptized thrown in there? You got to be active. You can't, just, you can't just give it lip service. You got to do something. You, you, just like you guys that were just baptized. Many of you have been baptized. You're baptized to say, I am a follower of Jesus Christ. You're active in what you're doing. Repent, be baptized, and the gift is yours. This week, right this moment, I was going to start to say this week, the power of the Holy Spirit can work a miracle in your life. Where do you need a miracle? Where do you need a miracle? This week, it can happen because the gift is yours right this moment. All you need to do is accept it and possess it. Go home with it, hang on to it, and say, God, now show me where, how you're going to work this miracle. And you got to keep doing that listen, trust, and obey stuff. So you're listening to him, and he's guiding you. Prayer team members are standing here in front, got their lanyards on. I think most of them are over here. We got some over here. I really encourage you today to let a prayer team member pray with you. As pastor, I'm going to pray with you right now. And if you want one of these miracles, if you want one of these gifts, if you want one of these things to happen in your life this week, oh, I really encourage you. Come let me pray with you. Come let Russ pray with you. Come let one of these prayer team members pray with you today. And let's believe that God can do it.